Hello and welcome to the Blues Guitar Show podcast with me, Ben Martin from thebluesguitarshow.com. I hope everyone's having a good week out there this week and big up to my guys who are starting the workshops from this week. They'll be starting from the 1st of September, so that's actually Wednesday, I believe. Uh, sorry, it's a late one this week, but we've had a bank holiday in the UK, so we have bank holiday Monday, so I'm going to release this on Tuesday. Now, today's a little bit of a different episode. What we're going to talk about is a little bit of music theory, something that I know quite often when I say it terrifies uh, my students. Uh, nobody wants to learn music theory. Everyone thinks music theory is a kind of boring thing that you don't need to learn or you have to learn, um, but they don't really understand how to apply it. So there's lots of different misconceptions about learning music theory. Now, we're going to specifically talk about blues theory, blues scale theory, and this is one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle to playing blues solos, especially improvising blues solos. So there are three kind of elements that we're going to touch on uh, of the blues. Now, when we're looking at playing blues solos and improvising, the three elements we need to think about are what notes we're going to play, how we're going to play them, and, of course, the feel. So... What I mean by that is what notes we're going to play, that's going to be what scale are we going to use over what chord sequence. How are we going to play, that's going to be what's the rhythm that we're going to play with. And then, of course, feel comes from having the correct combination of both of those with a bit of added flair and ornamentation. So we're going to start off with the blues scale. Now, the blues scale is a hex, hexatonic... <laughs> long word hexatonic scale which means it has six notes it's based on the pentatonic scale which has five notes now the pentatonic the minor pentatonic scale if we were to look at this in the key of g we would be looking at g a sharp c d f so g a sharp c d and f that is our minor pentatonic scale in the key of g now of course if you're playing that on the guitar that would be fret three on your sixth string followed by fret six then down a string to the a string we're going to go three to five down a string to the uh, d string the fourth string we're going to go three to five it's a nice simple scale to get our fingers around but what's happening in this scale is we have different notes and these notes are called sometimes they're called tones uh, sometimes they're called scale degrees. Sometimes you'll see them written as numbers or as the actual note letters themselves. When they're written as numbers, it will refer to the one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven of the major scale. Now, everything is rooted back in the major scale when we talk about numbers with music. So what this is, is we have the root note is always the note of which scale we're playing. So in this case, the root note is G, the first note, the root note, G. The second note is an A sharp. Now this is a minor third because this would typically be the third tone in the minor scale. But we're missing out the second one because we're playing the pentatonic version, i.e. the five note version, not the seven note version. So hopefully you're with me so far. We have the root followed by the minor third. Then we go down to the fourth, the perfect fourth, which is the C, which is the perfect fourth of the major scale and of course the minor scale. And then we go to the fifth, which is D, which again is in both the major and minor scale. So the pentatonic scale so far, we have root, minor third, perfect fourth, fifth, and then we're going to do minor sixth, which is the F. So that's what we have. And then when we go back to the G at the end of there, uh, when we go from three to five again, that's of course going back to the octave. So what we have is root, 
minor third, fourth, fifth, minor sixth octave. That is our minor pentatonic scale. Now we add one note to turn this from the minor pentatonic into the blues scale. And that note in the case in the case of G would be a C sharp. So when we go down onto that fifth string and we go from C to D, we're just going to add in the middle note between them. We're going to go C, C sharp, D. So now we go G, A sharp, C, C sharp, D, F, and then we're back to G to start again. Now that is all we really need to know about the scale itself. We've got the six, degree, uh, the six degree blues scale or the five degree minor pentatonic scale, which is going to work in case of pentatonics and blues scales. So this, what do we, now we've learned the scale, we've got to learn how to apply the scale. So what can we play this scale over? What can we play it over and what will it work over? The most important thing to note is that if you're playing a blues 12 bar, which let's face it is one of the most common things we're likely to be playing, certainly when it comes to improvising, you can play the G blues or minor pentatonic scale, both of those scales we talked about, over every chord in a 12 bar in the key of G. So a 12 bar in the key of G will have three chords typically, that will be G7, C7 and D7. All those chords will work with the minor pentatonic or the blues scale in the key of G. Now, if you want to look at stepping up a level and kind of making your scale choice a little bit more advanced, what you want to do is start moving with the chord changes. So when you hear the music move to the key of C, you want to start trying to see if you can move to the C minor pentatonic or the C blues scale. When it changes to D, same thing. See if you can move to the D minor pentatonic or the D blues scale. So try and move with the music. But if you're at kind of step one, or if you just want to be able to improvise more freely, I do this all the time. This is a very kind of Albert King type approach. Just try the one G blues scale over the whole 12 bar. That way you don't need to think about what chord's coming up next. You can just kind of freely throw in the licks as you please. This is a six note scale, but it occurs all over the neck. In fact, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that recently I put up a video, maybe a week ago or a couple of weeks ago, uh, showing how to find the G minor pentatonic or the G blues scale all over the neck. These are six notes. It's a combination of six notes and they recur everywhere, which means usefully for us, we can use this one scale to play all over the fretboard. If you want to play up at fret 17, up at fret 21 or down at fret uh, one or zero, you can find these six notes all over the place. So it's really worth mapping out some patterns across the neck to find these uh, particular scales. And then, of course, doing the same thing with the C and the D scales, because then when we get to the stage two where we can start moving it uh, with the chord changes, we can really nail unlocking the whole of the fretboard when we're looking at improvising our blues solo. Now, the next thing we want to talk about in terms of theory is rhythm. And of course, when we think about rhythm, we all know what rhythm is and we've all got it kind of internally in us. We can hear the difference and we can feel the difference between different rhythms. But something that I've really noticed when I'm teaching people um, or having online sessions with people is that so many people are overly concerned about what notes to play that they completely forget about how to play those notes and how they should be divided up rhythmically. Because if you just play everything as a straight quarter note, as in a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, 
for. You don't, no, no guitar solo sounds good like that. And the same thing if you do it with eighth notes, you go one and two and three and four, and it's very robotic. And what you tend to find is that that's one of the key reasons that you might be stuck in these scale patterns. It's because you're playing them as if you're playing a scale exercise. Whereas when you think about great guitar solos, if you can sing a solo by Mark Knopfler or Dave Gilmore or any of the real great guitar soloists, you can you can sing them like a kind of free uh, free speech. You know, it's you hear as I'm talking now, I'm, I'm breaking up my sentences. Some words are longer than others. The rhythm is all over the shop. And that's the kind of what we need when we're learning, uh, when we're working on our improvisation with guitar solos. We don't want to have consistent rhythm. We want to have rhythm changing all the time. So something to think about is just playing it in groups. You can play in groups of three, groups of four, groups of five, whatever it is that works for you, but just try and mix it up so you're not playing those kind of straight quarter notes or straight eighth notes. A good exercise to practice doing this would be to try and change the denomination of notes every time or the subdivision of notes every time you play a new lick and leaving loads and loads of space. I mean, David Gilmore is a perfect example of of how to use space in a guitar solo. So many of his solos have huge amounts of space left. He holds one note for a really long time and it sounds fantastic. Often I find... When people are first starting out soloing, they get overly concerned about what notes they need to play and they end up overplaying, massively overplaying. You know, you can really say so much with so little. And that's another reason why I think it's great to learn solos by B.B. King, Eric Clapton, Albert King. You know, these guys are really masters of saying a lot. We're using very, very little. And quite often in Albert King and B.B. King's um, solos, just using this one pentatonic or hexatonic scale just using the five or six note scales that's all they do so the second thing to think about is that rhythm and just have it conscious in your head rather than i mean it's good to drill these exercises and certainly head over to my instagram at blues guitar show podcast and check out some of the videos there i've done about rhythm um but it's just something to be really mindful of when you're playing and certainly when you're improvising the third one is flair It's kind of how your solo sounds different to everybody else's blues solos. And it's something that really takes a lot of time to get kind of drilled in. But there's a couple of things that you can work on right from the beginning stages of improvising that will really help you with this. And one is knowing exactly what notes you're going for, learning these patterns all across the fretboard. So you're not thinking about what note to play next. You're thinking about what would sound good next, not what note is correct or what's wrong, trying to avoid the wrong notes. You're trying to find the notes that sound best. The second thing that you can do is work on a couple of your ornamentations, your vibrato. Can you do a mixture of slow vibrato and fast vibrato? You know, are you Are you good at doing hammer-ons and pull-offs? You know, these are things that can be drilled in that are going to exponentially help your improvisation and your blues solo playing. They're going to make you sound like a much, much better guitarist. Just by adding a simple couple of hammer-ons and pull-offs, it can make a world of difference. So my advice on how to tackle this absolute beast of learning the music theory behind blues solos is 
First, learn the notes that you want to play and start small. Start with a five or six note scale and just drill it in. Even if you're just doing it in one position, just drill in those five or six notes until you know exactly where they are. Two, when you're improvising, think about what you're doing rhythmically as well as what you're doing melodically. Try and change up the rhythm. Learn some of the solos that you really like and then think about rhythmically what makes them work. And three, work on your ornamentation, work on your vibrato, your hammer-ons, your pull-offs, any tapping techniques you want to get into, uh, double stops, any of that stuff is going to really, really help your solos. Now, I hope that was some useful information. Don't hesitate to send me an email, ben at thebluesguitarshow.com. If you have any questions or you want uh, access to any more information, uh, my Blues Guitar Show workshops are open. So they're starting on Wednesday. The signups are officially closed. But if you send me an email, I can sneak you in. But do it as soon as possible. Now, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you find these podcasts are useful and they're helping you. Don't forget you can support the show using the Buy Me A Coffee link below. You can support the show for as little as $5 and it makes a massive help. You can also head over to thebluesguitarshow.com to check out any of my ebooks, PDFs, find access to the tabs over there. Now, if you listen to some of the other podcasts and you want to see some videos of me playing the exercises or songs that I'm teaching, you can find us on Instagram at Blues Guitar Show Podcast or search for The Blues Guitar Show on Facebook. You can also check out my excellent looking guitar collection over there as well, (laughs) which everybody loves doing, don't they? Have a good week, everybody, and I will catch you next time. Are you fully fretboard confident? Do you know where the notes are, how they connect and how they move up and down the strings? My latest book, The Triad Method, is all about using simple three note shapes to completely unlock the fretboard. This book is absolutely full of light bulb moments that are going to demystify the neck three notes at a time. I've compiled a huge number of diagrams, shapes and exercises based on over 10 years of teaching this stuff to make it as simple as possible. Download The Triad Method and see for yourself today. Link is in the description below.